Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear Kelly Moore's conversation with Don Duguid, Manitoba curling legend, receiving the Order of Canada today. We'll also head to Edmonton and talk with Morley Scott to find out the latest on their football club search for a new nickname on the podcast. Earlier today, the Governor General's office released the names of 114 recipients of the Order of Canada for 2020. There were seven Manitobans inducted, including three-time Briar and two-time World Men's Curling Champion Don Duguid, who today spoke with R. Kelly Moore. Don, I guess the first question that I'm going to ask you after I say congratulations on uh, receiving the Order of Canada in 2020, but Don, uh, when did you find out that uh, you were going to receive this honor? Um, about uh, three weeks ago, I think it was. You know, and they, uh, they, uh, they say you've been nominated and everything else, and they say you cannot say anything to anybody. You can't, you know, so you're stuck there. You can't say anything to anybody except your wife who, who sits there <laughs> and, uh, you know, and ecstatic about it. You can't say anything, and I'm walking around on my toes for three weeks. But I knew it was going to... Actually, they weren't going to announce it till the after Christmas, December the 29th, that all of a sudden, they, about a week ago, they texted me and said, okay, we're going to do up until November 27th, we're going to, that's where we're going to do it. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. So uh, that's the way to have it. Well, it's a good thing that you always walk around with a smile on your face, otherwise people would have been wondering, what the hell's do good so happy about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> How, yeah. how, I mean, you have had a lot of success in your career, Don, as a three-time Briar champ, a two-time world uh, champion as well, uh, not to mention uh, the uh, expertise that you brought to the broadcast booth uh, in covering the Roaring Game with the late Don Whitman. So success is nothing new to you, but where does this particular honor sit in the grand scheme of things? Well, I think it's a huge honor. I mean, you know, we got 40 million people in Canada, and you get nominated for this uh, Olympic, uh, the, the Canada thing. It's unbelievable. But, you know, you, you go to the Hall of Fame. It's great. I, I'm in the Hall of Fame in Toronto, in Winnipeg, and the World Hall of Fame, and it's great. You know, it's it's, it's just unbelievable. And then when they come up, you know, Order of Manitoba, I got nominated, and I got I accepted that. And then this came along. It's unbelievable. You know, it's just. It goes on, and it's a, it's a great, great thrill. You know, you're dealing with people that are elite, like some of the finest doctors, and uh, everybody in the thing are just unbelievable people. When you were winning those Briar titles or those World titles, were you even thinking about you know what might happen uh, further along in your in your life for things like this? Uh, I mean, is it even on the radar, Don? No. No, you know, I when you look at, the, and I looked at it every year, but who got nominated, who got in, and everything else. You know, and there was doctors, and there was lawyers, and there were people that spent a lot of time doing consumer work and doing all kinds of things for people who aren't well done. You know, it's just mm-hmm. that that type of thing. There's a couple of athletes in there, like uh, what's his name, the hockey player. Scored all the goals. Oh, what the hell was the name? I can't even think of that. But anyway, you're talking about Gretzky. Yeah, Gretzky. Yeah. Gretzky. And uh, you know, there's all, uh, there's some athletes in there, and uh, it's just it's unbelievable. You know, it's a great, great thrill 
you know, I'm sure they stick out their chest and everybody knows that they're on the uh, order of Canada. And it's, you know, everything you write, they put, put OMOC down. You know, they say, holy cow, this guy is from Order of Manitoba, Order of Canada. That's a great thing. Yeah, it's those are nice. So we're, very, we're very lucky, you know, that yeah. the, the, the thing that we grew up with, curling, and to go in and win uh, uh, two world championships without losing a game, which is still standard now. Nobody's mm. ever done that, and it's still there. This is the 50th year it's been going. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great thrill. And then um, playing with my good friend Terry Bronstein in 65 and losing the final, it kind of, you know, really burns you. But mm. to do things like that, you've just got to keep your head up and come back and do it again. You know, when you mention that, Don, do you... And, and I'm not advocating for one second that you're leaving this good earth anytime soon, but yeah. do, do you hope that maybe a Canadian curler is able to accomplish what you just spoke about, going undefeated for two world championships, and you know, so that the the torch can kind of get carried along? Oh, well, we, you know, in the last five years, we've we've got some fantastic curling teams, you know, in. Uh, Let's say in Newfoundland and Alberta, Ontario, Manitoba. I mean, you watch some of that curlers now that are. Some of them are curling for a that's their living, mm-hmm. you know. But they're just outstanding, outstanding curlers, and it's just getting better and better. Unfortunately for that, curling is kind of dropping back in curling clubs. I don't know how many clubs we've lost in the last six, seven years, but I bet you it's about seven or eight curling clubs. So, uh, but these guys are great. There, there's a couple of them there. If they got to the world, they could probably go through undefeated one, two, three times maybe. But it's just, it's just great. But they're focused on winning the Briar and winning the Olympics. The Olympics is a big thing for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't blame them for that. Absolutely. That's one thing I, I, I'm upset. I, you know, when we were curling, there's no such thing as Olympic curling. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. But, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the worlds were the the worlds were the big uh, the the big oh, banana, sure. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's you know, right. you, you you mentioned you know how how curling is is kind of ebbing and flowing, but I would have to think, Don, that last year, you know, having two world junior champions from this yeah. province, you know, was an incredible shot in the arm in terms of catching the attention of the youth. So hopefully that's going to have a ripple effect here in the next few years with, you know, maybe getting some of those numbers back up in the curling clubs. Yes, that's right. You yeah. know, you look at you look at some of the junior sections, and some of them are good and some of them are bad in certain curling clubs. The Granite Curling Club, where I grew up, in, and I got started at the junior section, my father was ice maker at another curling club, and he took me over to the grand said, "Here, this is artificial ice. You got nine sheets. You can get, get all the curling that you want, and we're going to curl junior." So that's exactly what I did, and it worked out just fine. But now they've got some really good programs, not necessarily the granite, but other programs. Yeah. They got people who have been taught how to teach curling, and it's going to work out, and it's just going to get bigger. But they have to do that because now. You've got teams from uh, China, Japan, from Korea, yeah. and from Sweden and Switzerland. I mean, it's, it's getting tough. Yeah. It's getting tough. Even me, getting tough for the good men's teams we've got here in Canada. Right. Let me ask you a hypothetical question. Uh, speaking with okay. Don Duguid, uh one of 100 
14 recipients of the Order of Canada for 2020 and one of seven Manitobans. And I'm going to ask you about your fellow Manitobans in a second here, Don, but uh, I just want to ask you a hypothetical question, and that is, do you think you could have gone undefeated in two world champions, uh, championships rather, if curling had been as universal back when you were the king of the crop, so to speak, and, and as you just described, where it is now, where there are all kinds of countries that are producing world-caliber curlers. Oh, well, that's right. It's it's going to be a tough, tough. And I think that's what, what started uh, these guys curling for a living, these cash games, you know, on, uh, um, I forget the, the stations and the curling clubs that they go to to run these things in the arenas. Yeah. I mean, these guys are, they every weekend there's a, there's a, bunch of them playing for, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. Then they have the big grand slam at the end where they can win right. like seventy five or a hundred thousand dollars. But to divide that four ways it's only twenty five thousand dollars. You know, you can't live on twenty five thousand dollars if you make a hundred thousand dollars as a team. But it's they're gonna have to really play to uh, look out at the Olympics and uh, and, and and world championships. You're one of seven Manitobans who received the Order of Canada. Uh, yeah. One of two athletes, rower Sandra Kirby, uh, also yeah. included. But Sandra, I think more so uh, for her advocacy uh, for you know the uh, the inclusion, the safety, and uh, you know in sport. And of course, she's done so much research on athlete harassment. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you were familiar with him, with her rather. Are you familiar with any of the other recipients? William Fast, uh, Philip Peebles, Bill Blakey, uh, Janice Bill Blakey, Bill Blakey, I do. He's a politician. Right, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Now you're on the board for 200, Don. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and Brian Postal. See, now, Brian, I remember him from his days, I think, with the Winnipeg uh, Regional Hospital uh, Association. I, yes. I believe yeah. uh, uh, I heard Brian on CJOB many times. But uh, uh, you, you mentioned these are people from all walks of life who have excelled in their chosen paths. Yes, that's right. And it's, you know, it's, it's a great thing that we got those people in Manitoba. You know, Manitoba's got some wonderful doctors, uh, uh, people that do a lot of research on viruses and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're just unbelievable people. I was just in the hospital about two weeks ago getting eye surgery, and I was at the Misericordia Hospital. Well, I couldn't, I haven't been in the hospital for, I don't know, just since I was a kid. But this, these people in this eye, eye department running thing were unbelievable. They were at your side. If you wanted something, they got it for you. If you wanted to make a phone call, they'd bring you a phone. It was just unbelievable. They'd come in and do, do shots in your eye. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable thing. And the, the, the surgeon that I had, I've never been to him before, but he was absolutely fabulous. And he hit the nail right on the head. He operated. He got it. And I was two days there. It was just unbelievable, the service. The kindness of what they do. I'm going to give you one bad thing. The food was ugly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Don. I don't know that anybody has ever gone don't, don't to a hospital that. and raved about the food. Yeah, but I'm glad you put the plug in for frontline uh, uh, workers yeah. in, in health because, oh, man, yeah. I'll tell you what. And look what they, they're going through now. Yeah, they they the all deserve the Order of Canada for what they're doing yeah. right now yeah. for us. My but, daughter works at St. Barbara's Hospital. She's worked there for... 21, 22 years. Yeah, well, I mean, to, she's, she's, she's just run ragged. She runs the, yeah. the pharmacy and everything else and delivers all the, the uh, 
uh, pills and all the stuff to the, the different floors and different people. Yeah. It's just very, they're all, they're worn, they're getting worn out. Yeah, well, today we actually had our Radiothon uh, for St. Boniface, uh, the Hope and Healing Radiothon, so raised lots oh, yeah. of money there. Just before we let you go, Don Duguid, there's one thing that connects you and I, uh, and it has more to do with broadcasting uh, uh, than uh, uh, any, any athletic endeavor. Uh, we both have the privilege to work with the late Don Whitman. Uh, of course, uh, you, uh, for many more years than I did, I only had a couple of years with Witt uh, at the tail end of the 1.0 version of the Winnipeg Jets. But, man, you guys were magic, Don, absolutely magic uh, with your curling coverage back in the day. Uh, he, he was just such a, an incredible talent to work with, wasn't he? Well, he was, he was a great man. He was, you know, the nice thing, and we, he liked to play cards, I liked to play cards. And when we would fly to, say, Japan or overseas, we played gin rummy on, or whatever on the uh, on the plane. Uh, there, uh, I don't know how many plane flights we took and how many games of cards we played. I couldn't meet him because he has a mind like you, you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. He could tell you what you got in your hand almost halfway through it. Yeah. And he was that way in television. He would get and say, okay, the, the producer would come out and say, okay, we got a few minutes to spare. We'd go down and interview so-and-so. Once we sign off. So anyway, he did, we finished the curling. He runs down. He does an interview right off the top with uh, some kind of an executive. And it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, he just, he could do anything. He had a great mind, a great sense of humor. He was just, and he worked hard at all the different sports. And he, not only was he a good announcer, but he was a good friend of mine. Yeah. We used to golf together, play cards together, and everything else. And when he got sick, and I, and I was probably the first one to see him, because I was up at my hypertension doctor, and he was just coming out in a wheelchair with his wife and his daughters, and he looked like hell, and that's when they told him, like, you've yeah. got four months. You know? yeah. So anyway, it was Judy a... phoned me yeah. after she got home. She said, Johnny, can you give us a hand? I said, absolutely. So I'd go and pick him up, and he had to go for chemo or uh, radiation things, and, everything else. and I took him to the hospital. It was unbelievable. But I said to myself, what the hell am I going to do? I can't, you know, take him to do these things. You know, it'll be on his mind. i got to do something a little bit different. Yeah. So I took him a different way every time. So he said, oh, geez, I didn't see that building before. Because, you know, he was on the farm and going to the airport, 95% yeah. of his flying. And so I took him all over so that we at least have just a general talk and he would see something he's never seen before. But it was, it was very, very sad. For me, it was very, very sad. Uh, I was in the hospital. Four months before he died, I'd go there every day, talk to him. He'd fall asleep, and then I would go, go home, then come up, bring the paper in the afternoon, and read him the sports bumps going on and everything else. It was very sad. Very sad for me. Still is. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're sitting there, I'm talking to you. i got a great big picture of him right in front of me. Him and Don Chevrolet. <laughs> well, there now there are two icons in the sports oh, uh, yeah. broadcasting history of Canada. Yeah, yeah, well, they're lots of fun. Well, I'll tell lots you what, you, yeah, he was a wonderful man. Yes, he was absolutely. I am in, forever indebted to Wit. Don, this has been fantastic speaking with you, and again, congratulations on your well-deserved reception of the Order of Canada, and uh, I I hope uh, that uh, you're not having to go back into the hospital anytime soon. Thanks, Kelly. I really appreciate it. 
All right, we're going to head to Edmonton now and check in with our friend Morley Scott, the voice of the football club on 630 Ched. Morley, how you doing? I'm good, Christian. How are you? Good. So by the time the football club kicks off next year, is it expected that they will not be the football club anymore? They'll actually have a name? Well, they'll be a football club, but they just won't be called that. They'll have a name, yeah. Uh, the word uh, that, that the Eskimos, uh, former Eskimos, have given us is that uh, they will have their new name in place by early spring, uh, sometime in uh, late March or early April is the target date right now. They opened up a window uh, on Sunday, and for 10 days they're taking suggestions from fans about what uh, the new name could be or should be. Uh, they're going to whittle that down to, I think, four or five and release that in the new year at some point and get some feedback on that and then pick one of those four or five names at the end of the day. So that's the process they're going through right now. They're taking suggestions. They're going to whittle it down, and by uh, sometime in the spring we'll have a new name for the Edmonton Football Club. Do you think they did it on purpose that they put out this process right after what would have been Grey Cup week? Uh, actually, it was. It was part of. Uh, it was part of their. Uh, they had, uh, as the CFL had the CFL, uh, the Great Cup United Week. Uh, the Edmonton Football Club did uh, 14 days of Great Cups, and they kind of went back over the 14 days ending on uh, last Sunday over the 14 Great Cup championships and tweeted out highlights and interviews and reunions and stuff like that. They did a really good job with it. And on the on the Sunday, which would have been Great Cup Sunday, they replayed the 1980. Uh, Great Cup uh, win uh, uh, on Facebook, and then they also had the 50-50 that day for the Joy Moss Foundation at the Winifred Stewart Society, which raised uh, half a million dollars for charity and half a million dollars for a lucky winner. And uh, they also uh, opened that window on Sunday and began that process Sunday. So it was all part of their culmination of what would have been Great Cup week, and for them was was dubbed uh, 14, uh, 14 Days of Great Cups. So this this fifty fifty that number is was that a surprise to them to, to see a number that large? Uh, yes and no. They you know whatever it is, I don't know what it is about fifty fifties in Edmonton, but we just eat it up here. We just eat it up here. I mean, the one you, you saw the ones during uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, that the Oilers put on. Uh, I mean, they the Eskimos have had fifty fifties in the range of you know two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars prize money. That's half of that's not splitting that. That's half of it. They've had that at some of their games over the last three or four years. Uh for whatever reason, Edmonton and Northern Alberta just loves fifty fifties and, and and they they were happy that they got as much as they did. I think it kind of surprised them that they went as high as they did to get uh, to sell almost a million dollars worth of tickets is pretty incredible when you think about it on in uh, in a span of about 10 hours I think it was on Sunday. So yeah, it was I think it surprised them a bit but uh, not all that surprising considering the track record of 5050s in Edmonton and they liked it so much they're going to do it again coming up on Saturday December 5th. They're going to hold another uh, 50-50, and this one will benefit uh, amateur football in Edmonton with uh, half the proceeds going to uh, the Golden Bears, uh, of course, uh, Canada West Golden Bears, uh, U-Sports, and then in the uh, Prairie Junior League going to the Edmonton Huskies and the Edmonton Wildcats. So the the football club's trying to give back to amateur football a little bit with their next 50-50. And of course, with Joey Moss's name on this and just what he meant to Edmonton, for sure, people willing to to put up some money yeah. for that cause. I, I mean, uh, it's incredible the the amount of love and and support uh, for the Moss family that that came out after Joey's passing. I mean, it was uh, uh, there was there was one athlete 
uh, there's one person in sports that almost everybody knew in Edmonton, and that was Joey Moss. He'd been he'd been with both the football club and the hockey club for longer than most of the players. Well, for longer than all of the players, and uh, you know he's been around. You think about the rings he has. Eh? I mean, he had uh, he's got five with the hockey club, and he's got four or five with the uh, with the football team as well. So uh, he has been around for some of Edmonton's best sporting events, and he's always in the background in the dressing rooms, or always at, at the bench, or, or or on the bench in football. Uh, he he was just a, such a popular guy around Edmonton, and it was real. It was real tough for this town when we lost him about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, the outpouring has been incredible. We played some uh, audio from Wayne Gretzky after his passing on just what uh, Joey meant to that community, meant to him and their friendship. Um, so back to the football here. What was this like for you, not having a great Cup week this year? It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird for sure. I I really got in a position where I, you know, there was all this stuff going on at the CFL, and I think they did a terrific job getting getting their name out and, and getting their stories out during during Great Cup Unite. But it it kind of was a two edged sword for me. It was kind of neat to to be doing interviews and talking football and and listening to football stories again, but. The sad part was it's just stories. We're still not playing games, and they're still, you know, they, they've got a plan and a hope to play, and there's optimism, but there's still nothing concrete. So it was kind of bittersweet for me, I, I thought, uh, through the week because, you know, as I say, it was great to be talking football again, and it was nice, nice to see some of the people that you saw on, on the Zoom interviews and stuff. But uh, it's, uh, it's been a pretty, pretty tough year for football fans for sure. Well, and for Edmonton, they're in the unique situation. Uh, much, well, I guess not totally unique. Ottawa's in the same spot where you've got a new head coach, Paul Apolis in Ottawa, Scott Milanovic in Edmonton, where they're still waiting to have their first game with that team. Yeah, for sure. BC too, and Toronto in the same boat too. They're they got coaches right half the league. Coaches. Yeah, they've got coaches in place who haven't coached. I uh, I do a, a coaching show with Scott Milanovic uh, every Monday night here on Ched and. Uh, uh, I'm not saying we're running out of things to talk about, but we're talking about the NFL a little bit. We're talking about, you know, other things. We we, we got some hunting stories from Scott after he went hunting for a while. So uh, it, it's, it's it's as I say, it's neat to talk uh, football and it's neat to talk about the CFL. But, uh, man, everybody's everybody's missing the games. And that kind of is the thing, whether I've talked to coaches or, or players or, or fans even, uh, the, the common denominator is everybody misses, you know, everything about the game, but they really miss game day. Because everyone's got their rituals on game day that they go through. Whether you're you're a player, a coach, a broadcaster, or a fan, you, you kind of do the same thing on game days as you get set to to do your thing at the game. And, and everybody's really missing that. Have you been doing the coach or so the whole time? Uh, no, we started uh, in uh, we started to pick it up at the beginning of October. Okay. So uh, we've we've been doing it for uh, just over a month. I think we've done five or six shows. And uh, oh, maybe more than that. So uh, yeah, we've done two months worth, I guess. So and we're gonna we're gonna take it up until just before Christmas, and then probably pick it up again uh, in late January, early February, when maybe wow. some more football news is is starting to come out. So you know, it's it, it's been kind of fun. It's a half hour every Monday night, and, and it's uh, it's it's good for the football club to get their name out there, and it's good for everybody who's a football fan to get their fix for the week. Yeah, I only asked just because we in during the the bomber season, Bob Irving and Mike O'Shea do a one hour coaches show on Mondays. I think we did one in July, and that was it because there's there's no football. We didn't really have a lot of callers because there wasn't much to talk about, and then that was it. And then we had uh, this week our reminiscing of uh, the Great Cup run last year. So we had Mike and Bob on again earlier this week. To that end, have there been a lot of lookbacks in Edmonton on past Great Cup winners this month? <laughs> 
Yeah, there has been. There has been. Uh, as I said, the Eskimos kind of were pushing the product out and the content out uh, all through that two-week stretch. So uh, we saw some pretty cool videos of of Jackie Parker and, and all those great legends from, from the black and white video days all the way up to, uh, to 2015 when, when uh, the Eskimos won their most recent great cup. So it was kind of neat. There was a lot of stuff done on the five in a row team, which was, was really special because that's a, that's a real special group of players. And we heard a lot of great stories from, from guys like, uh, like Dave Cutler and Warren Moon and, and players like that who were around for all five of those. So it, it was, it was kind of neat, but again, like I say, double-edged sword, right? It was all bittersweet because, uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of when the the pandemic first hit back in in March, April, and May, and we're all just watching all those old hockey games from from ten years ago because there was no hockey on. It was kind of the same situation with football. We're just reminiscing about the past and and wishing that we had a present to to, to talk about. So I'll leave you with this, Morley. Do you have a guess for what the team will be called next year? <clears throat> well, the the two. <coughs> Excuse me. The two most popular names I think that are out there uh, are uh, the the Edmonton Eagles and uh, the Edmonton Express, uh, which are which are two names that have seemed to garner a lot of interest. So uh, there's been a lot of evolution. Uh, there's been a, a ton of names. I know we were talking uh, this morning. We do uh, also do a feature on the morning show on Fridays with the team president and uh, Chris Preston was saying this morning that they had uh, since they opened up the window to take suggestions. They've had about 4,500 different suggestions come in at them from, from, from about 4,500 people. So they're getting lots of suggestions. There's no doubt about that. And he said unsolicited before they, uh, they, they opened up that window, they had about 3,000 emails from fans with their suggestions as well. And I guess some people are sending in names and logos and the whole bit, secondary logos, the whole bit. So uh, people are getting into it. So, but uh, the, the most common name I seem to hear is Eagles and Express right now. So... Uh, the Express, I guess, would be some kind of train logo, and, and Edmonton's got a bit of a train history. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's going to come down uh, to five names in, in probably February, early February, and then we'll we'll find out the the, the winner in uh, in March at some point. And a reminder: it's got to be an E, right? Yeah, they said they're going to stick with the double E. They kind of limit themselves, I guess, right? When when you say that, but get out your I dictionary. Think- there, there is, uh, there, there was, and, and I'll say this: there was, there was some pushback from some of the, from some of the older fan group and the traditional, the guys who, who liked the tradition of, of what the team name was, and they didn't want the name changed. So I think they're trying to, to, to keep the tradition, that part of the tradition alive with the same logo, with the double E logo, and uh, they're still going to go with the green and gold color scheme as well. So uh, they won't have to change a lot because the logo will be the same, but they'll, they'll be changing the name. So. Uh, they're, they're trying to keep everybody happy, which, you know, in sports is not really possible. There's going to be some, some backlash to the name. That's going to, you know, no matter what happens, that's going to be what the story is. People are going to, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it, but eventually they'll all buy tickets and be at Commonwealth Stadium watching games at some point, we hope. Yeah, they'll be cheering for the team either way. Still the same guys on the field playing the game. So yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's been the message too that a lot of a lot of players uh, from from the old era have said, "Hey, wh- whatever the name is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change my memories or what uh, I accomplished or what we accomplished as a team throughout the the history of this great franchise." Uh, that all stays in place, and and the team is going out of their way to make sure that none of that gets forgotten. That that the history. And the past that was under the Eskimos name doesn't get swept under the carpet and get forgotten about. They're very, they're they're being very conscious of that and keeping the alumni front and center and making sure that uh, the name will be different. 
but it's still a team that's won 14 Grey Cups and still a team that that uh, has so many great uh, so many great players who have played for it and great memories over the years. Uh, they they had that slogan, uh, once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo. They've kind of shortened that up now. It's just once, period, always, period. And oh, that's, wow. kind of what they're, that's kind of what they're going with now. Uh, so it, it, they're, they're trying to keep as much of the past as they can, uh, but change the name moving forward into the future. All right, Morley, appreciate the update here. Stay well and stay safe. Thanks, Christian. You too. Thanks for talking to me. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?